Corona Regional Medical Center treats our customers as we would like to be treated ourselves, with courtesy, recognition, and respect. It's in that spirit that we are proud to present another episode of our podcast series, Corona Regional Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. You may have had or about to have a mastectomy, either because you've been diagnosed with breast cancer or are at very high risk of developing it in the future. If so, your doctor may have told you about options to rebuild your breast or breasts, a surgery called breast reconstruction. My guest today is Dr. Bradley Mudge. He's a board-certified plastic surgeon and a member of the medical staff at Corona Regional Medical Center. Welcome to the show. Dr. Mudge, I'd just like to start by asking you, what do you tell women every day about breast reconstruction if they're also going through cancer treatment? Well, the conversation about, about breast reconstruction is fairly lengthy and based upon their uh, previous education and what research they've done themselves. But I, I like to stress that the choice for reconstruction is a personal choice and entirely up to them. There are many options that we can help people with. Um, so the, the process has to be tailored to their expectations, their desired outcome, their available downtime, and so forth. But I do like to stress that it's an opportunity to make themselves a little more whole again after a fairly emotionally and physically disfiguring surgery and a chance to to get back something that they would have lost otherwise. Let's discuss some of those breast reconstruction options that you mentioned. What options does a woman have if she knows she's either having prophylactic mastectomy because she's been found to have the genetic link or because she's just gone through cancer treatment? Reconstruction can roughly be divided into two broad categories, that being using your own tissue or using an implant. And there is a hybrid of those two categories as well, which works well for some people. The, the final choice on what a woman will decide upon uh, depends a lot on her body habitus, her smoking history, the extent of her cancer, her available downtime, her willingness to have various scars on her body and so forth. So each of those uh, options is available and just requires a fair bit of research with each patient to determine it. Something fairly exciting, another option women have over the past probably four or five years is nipple preservation Many women electing for elective mastectomy, whether that is for a positive gene testing or painful lumps in their breast or whatever the cause may be, uh, many of these women will actually elect to preserve their nipple areolar complexes. Um, in addition to that, there's been a, a recent trend towards preserving the nipple areolar complex in some women with, who actually have cancer, and that's kind of an exciting option for those uh, who meet the necessary criteria. How do they decide between immediate or delayed breast reconstruction? That will depend a lot on how aggressive their tumor is, sometimes the um, urgency of it, um, and uh, the timing with the the general surgeon. Um, If there is a plastic surgeon and a general surgeon willing to do both at the same time, most of the time that's going to be a better option. It obviously saves the woman from having one more surgery, um, in addition to that, it, it, it alleviates that time when they are totally flat and actually a little bit indented and kind of takes away some of that emotional oh, stress and fatigue that can come from looking at a, a fairly uh, disfigured chest. So we prefer to do it immediately if possible. Um, 
some things that might change that a little bit on really aggressive tumors where chemotherapy needs to be started as soon as possible in the post-op period, we'll sometimes hold off on that because uh, we don't want the breast reconstruction to interfere with the urgency of the chemotherapy. There used to be a trend where if you knew you were going to receive radiation therapy that you would wait to get your breast reconstruction. That's changed quite a bit over the past decade, and now um, the thinking is it's best to go ahead and initiate the reconstructive process with some sort of an implant in there and try to stretch the skin out a little bit to help you get that extra skin you're going to need before the radiation injury uh, is applied to the breast. What types of implants are used for breast reconstruction now? The most common would be a silicone implant. Probably 95% of women get a silicone implant. In that category, then, we do have an exciting new implant, what we would call highly cohesive implant, meaning a little bit thicker. So that's very useful in reconstruction women because uh, after a mastectomy, there's very little what we call subcutaneous tissue or tissue beneath the skin left. And if you place a normal standard silicone implant in, it can look quite rippled and, and um, abnormal. The highly cohesive implants maintain their shape a little better and give an overall better appearance um, to the breast, although that you do sacrifice a little softness to it. Saline implants are another option, and at times we still use those, particularly when a woman wants to be quite large. The silicone implants only come up to 800 cc's in size, so we're limited how large we can make those. So in those cases, saline is a, is a good option. And what about breast reconstruction using your own tissue, the flap procedures? Tell us about that. There's two basic ways to do that, uh, and then there's some other variations which are a little more unusual. You can use your abdominal tissue. This is called a tram flap, and sacrifice one of your rectus abdominis muscles or your six-pack muscles and move the abdominal tissue up to the breast and reconstruct it that way. That process has significantly more downtime, more scarring, and certainly more risks than a, uh, an implant reconstruction would have. The other thing that's changing over the past few years in that regard is a lot of women are doing bilateral mastectomies and reconstruction. That number has really increased significantly during the past decade. It would be it's fairly um, oh, hard to use both abdominal muscles for that because it leaves you with a fairly weak abdominal wall. Um, so that's the tram flap. The other option is latissimus dorsi flap, which is bringing some muscle around from your back with a skin paddle with it and reconstructing the breast mound that way. Typically, unless a woman is looking for a fairly small breast, the latissimus flap method will also require an implant to be placed. What changes for screening after this reconstruction? Are they able to have mammograms, or is it ultrasound after that? Tell us about that. It, that would vary and sort of be left up to the oncologist, depending on how aggressive their tumor was and how close the tumor was to the margin. You can still have a mammogram, um, and some women will still get those uh, per their oncologist's request. Um, the gold standard and probably the best way to look at it would be with an MRI, which can not only detect soft tissue changes such as early recurrences or suspicious lesions in the breast, but it can also evaluate the integrity of the implant itself and give you an idea if the implant could be ruptured. Does the implant have to be replaced at some point? The, the common thinking is that implants should be replaced every 10 years. In the world of cosmetic surgery, that's not an absolute requirement because you, know, you will notice when it's ruptured, your mammogram will show it, and there's no urgency to get them replaced. 
in the world of reconstruction, it's a little more complicating. And in general, I would recommend a reconstructive patient have her implants changed out every 10 years just to prevent that rupture, which can be a lot more destructive in a reconstruction patient as compared to a cosmetic patient. That's not to say that the leaking silicone is causing problems with the rest of your body, such as chronic fatigue, lupus, and things that we used to worry about. That's all been disproven. But the reason for not wanting a rupture in a reconstructive patient is because there's still very little soft tissue left. By the time you clean out that ruptured silicone, uh, you're going to have very, very thin flaps and tissue left, which will hamper the aesthetic result. Will they have feeling in the reconstructed breast? The, if the nipple areolar complex is preserved, it will have essentially no feeling. You might have a small bit of feeling at, at best, but the main nerve that runs through the breast to give sensation to the nipple would have been removed during a mastectomy. There is, um, if they have sacrificed their nipple areolar complex on our left just with a, uh, usually a transverse or a crossways running scar, the feeling is very limited in the area, much after any surgery, such as a facelift or a tummy tuck. There's very little feeling around the scar. Some of the feeling comes back as the years go by, which is a good thing because areas on your body that are numb are not great because they can be subject to burn or, or pressure or freezing, things like that. But essentially, they won't have a lot of feeling over the breast, especially the central portion of the breast. And how will aging affect that breast? Well, the good news is that in general, with a implant reconstruction and the artificial skin sling that we place on the inside, there's very little drooping of the breast as the years go by. They stay up and in a high appropriate position and shouldn't move much at all. Um, anyone will undergo the typical uh, skin changes such as thinning and perhaps age spots and wrinkles on the breast tissue, but the implants themselves and thus the breast mound should not descend down the chest wall much at all. And in just the last few minutes, Dr. Mudge, what should people that may have to have a mastectomy think about when seeking care? What should they look for? With regard to the mastectomy itself, you know, that would be something a general surgeon would discuss with them. I would encourage everyone who is uh, uh, thinking about or needing a mastectomy to at least request uh, to speak with a plastic surgeon so they can get input and, and see what their options are. Breast reconstruction isn't going to be for everyone, um, but a woman should know that it's available if she wants it and be allowed to discuss her options with a knowledgeable professional. And why should they come to Corona Regional Medical Center for their care? I think Corona Regional Medical Center uh, has a, a uniquely efficient um, operating room. There is, the anesthesiologist staff is excellent. Um, the, the operating rooms are spacious, and it's just a very pleasant place to work. I'm speaking as a surgeon now. Um, the hospital is going through a lot of changes and improvements, which are making the, uh, the rooms upstairs where you'll spend one to two nights much more uh, pleasant and friendly for your families, um, and just a variety of other uh, structural and um, logistical changes in the hospital are make the service there quite excellent. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Mudge. You're listening to Corona Regional Radio with Corona Regional Medical Center. For more information, you can go to coronaregional.com. That's coronaregional.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Corona Regional Medical Center. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.